I think we've got the video. Round it there, Roshi. That's the ever on standby. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that was the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life. My God, it was absolutely brutal. What, what happened? OTB AM. Live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. How are things? Shane Hannan here and welcome to the OTB AM Time Capsule. Hope you had a great Christmas. This is where we put our standard moment from the sporting year 2022 into the time capsule. You can get the full episode over in the OTBAM podcast feed. But here we have Jer, Nathan, Ashling, and Tommy Rooney putting forward their best GEA moment of 2022. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Yeah, you're very welcome. It is that time of year again. The time when OTBAM put certain items and events from the sporting year into the time capsule. Hello, Jerry Gilroy. How are you? Very well. What's going on? Uh, I've made the effort of the Christmas jumper. At least some of us have. Over. Christmas is over. And it's that in-between Christmas, New Year's period where we're still allowed to wear them, technically. Got to look forward to the new year, you know? Yeah. Well, that's new, fair. New you, Shane. Big opportunity for you to turn over a new leaf, become that new person you've always wanted to do. New Year's resolutions. Do you have any lined up, Jer? No. Zero. Yeah, there's no point setting yourself up for failure, I think. I actually ah, no, I'm gonna I'm going to do some high-end cycling this year. Okay. Middle-aged man in Lycra. Exactly, yeah. You've got to embrace these things, Shane. Yeah, yeah. It's coming for you. You're laughing now, buddy. No. But like, you're, you're a man who already likes a little bit of Lycra. So, and, That's true. And yeah. By the way, middle-aged middle age starts at like 35. Is it right? So you, you're like on the downslope already. I've got six years left. I, I certainly, hang, if hangovers are anything to, to judge by and how they get increasingly worse year on year, well, I can oh, yeah. certainly see how... Um, Middle age creeps up on you fairly fast. Speaking of middle age, Nathan Murphy, how are you? Boom. Boom. I had to go there, I'm sorry. It's all right. No, I'll accept it. Accurate. I'm well into it. Yeah. How's your um, in-between middle Christmas? Middle age not great. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> how's, your, how's your period going in between Christmas and the New Year? So uh, in between Christmas isn't hel- helping the middle age spread, it turns out. Uh, very relaxing. A uh, lot of... A lot of taking time out to reflect and uh, are you? all the wonderful things. No, okay. No, I'm what, just uh, what are they, where, uh, taking where? on the, taking on the kids in FIFA and um, you know giving them plenty of smack talk around that. Santa brought FIFA, a nice one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure how it, how much smack talk is acceptable to a nine and ten year old. Oh. Like, mm. you know, I'm teaching them some hard life lessons with a five nil destruction. They will remember forever. It'll it'll stick with them. Smack talk between siblings is fine. I mean, me, me and my brother growing up, I think that's it's allowed. You need that little sibling rivalry. I'm sure it's in your household already, Nathan, that rivalry between boys especially that seems to crop up. It certainly is. And uh, uh, then they gang up on, on you, uh, which is the most difficult part. Mm, that hurts. That hurts. You haven't gone for a Christmas jumper, Nathan? Disappointed? I don't know what the last no, day I, I had my No, I had my Christmas jumper on for the last... There's not, you know, it was starting... Oh, it was a bit of a whiff of it, I won't lie. <laughs> enough's enough so for anyone uh, unfamiliar with what we're about to do this is the OTBAM time capsule where uh, essentially every member of Team OTBAM uh, Team OTB takes one moment from sport in 2022 that they want to uh, I guess hold on to forever cherish forever and put into our time capsule um, we might as well start with, with yours Nathan what have, you, uh, what have you opted for from the sporting world of 2022 I went for uh, the day the three of us went down to Mondello Park hey. and I whipped both your asses. Was waiting oh, for the two boys. Shane Hanna with a need for speed. He must have mentioned Neil Armstrong about 25 times. And this is what he felt like when he was uh, 
hitting 175 kilometers an hour. But there I went at 187 kilometers an hour and got the fastest lap around Mandela Park at the BMW driving experience. My uh, my Mark IV car times weren't weren't uh, correctly taken. I just like to point yeah. that out, and I was faster in the Mark IV. So I will like to. I just would like to take credit for the whole event because it was my idea. So there you go. Fair. And I, I'm not even trying to. I wasn't trying to race. I was just trying to have a nice. Good, good fun. Mm. Well, you could have done that in the motorway on the way down, Jerry. No, you can't. Or not legally. You can't, Nathan. And you need to just bear that in mind. <laughs> it, so that was your. That was one of your sporting um, highlights. One of my sporting highlights of the year. Yes, certainly uh, my sporting highlights amongst the three of us. Uh, I did. I did. I was. I was tempted to put in Manchester City's win against United in the derby, which was maybe the best display of attacking football I've seen mm. uh, at a Premier League game. Um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit later about uh, the women's team qualifying for the World Cup. But I've gone for the two All-Ireland finals. Just the brilliance of both games. But hang on. I, I, got the, I got the hurling. What? Did you? Well, this yeah. is the first I've heard about it. All oh, right. Well, well <laughs> done. You're stealing my thunder here. Probably each other's ideas. Go on. Go on. Go on. So I'll go with the football final then. Uh, it was actually the first ever football final I was at that I either wasn't working at or Mayo weren't playing in. So mm. I went completely as a neutral. I really didn't care who won. Are I don't have the hatred you do. that a lot of Mayo people have for Galway. You do, of course. No, no, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be far more concerned about Ross Common. Like, if Ross Common were to suddenly appear from nowhere and win All-Ireland, I, I, it, would, it would break your heart. You'd never want to go home again. Uh, whereas Galway have done it previously. I went to college in Galway. My parents live in Galway. Oh, uh, you're kind of trying city. to... You're trying it's to... a brilliant city. I don't have a major problem. I also never really believed they were going to win it. You're gooseberry uh, so, the, like, Galway... Kind of, ah, you're like Ulster people. Oh, when one of us wins, we all win. That's but it gave true. me the first real insight into the pressure that the Kerry supporters are under, sitting in the Hogan stand, surrounded by Galway fans and Kerry fans. And the Galway fans were definitely quite happy to be there and hoping for the best. The venom that the Kerry supporters attacked their own players with from minute one as to how important this was, and they will be letting their county down if they didn't come back with Sam Maguire. And to have to live with that 365 days a year and to still come out victorious, uh, I thought it was a brilliant game. Obviously, Shane Walsh uh, put in one of the performances for the ages, but I just think what David Clifford did, having never won an All-Ireland before, he is on another level to any Gaelic footballer I think we've ever seen before in how he can handle pressure and how there are no doubts about his game at all. Like, it is remarkable that we went into that game with Clifford having, what did he, three All-Stars at the time, but no All-Irelands, and nobody for a split second doubting that he would deliver. Nobody in a single preview saying, well, David Clifford has to turn up. It was just assumed he would turn up, because he always, always turns up. And to finish the game with eight points, some the two marks he made were right in front of where I was sitting. And I was sitting beside you at the semi-final, Jair, against Dublin, and... Remember he won the mark? Did he get out in front of Mick Fitzsimons? And it was one of those moments you thought, ah, this is the worst rule in the sport because otherwise Clifford catches this and he has to spin and it's a goal opportunity and it's one of the great goals if he spins the Dublin defender. But he took the easy option, took the mark, knocks it over the bar. The two marks in the final where he hides behind in the first half, where he hides behind, is it John Daly, about five or six yards and it doesn't look like he has any chance of getting it at all. And then it's just this gazelle-like movement where he spins out behind him. Daly's lot doesn't even know he's there. And he must, he must rise four or five feet off the ground, collects both of them. It deserves a point. Now, he's so good, he probably would have just spun and kicked it over the bar. 
anyways. But I think I remember that documentary on Cristiano Ronaldo and his jumping ability and how Ronaldo had uh, it was remarkably normal in his ability to jump from just a standing start. Wasn't uh, that godlike, but once he had any sort of a run, uh, the way he could propel himself into the air was unlike any other sports person up there better than most basketball players. And it does feel like Clifford is like that. Uh, they were just two huge moments in the game. And yeah, I think it's one of those All-Ireland finals that because of what Shane Walsh did, but particularly because it's Clifford's first All-Ireland final and the ease that he scored eight points. Uh, yeah, I think it's one that'll stick long in the memory. Yeah, I was at the game myself. Dad being a, a Galway man, I had the colours uh, very much on. But it, like, it, it had that special feeling in the air before and you thought something maybe was going to happen for Galway. Uh, Kerry, obviously favourites. But... There was a serious atmosphere at the game. You were, you were probably, because Mayo weren't involved, able to enjoy it that little bit more as a so-called neutral. Uh, I, 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 listen, this isn't about Mayo, but I've enjoyed all of Mayo's All-Ireland Finals, you know? You can't, can't buy that sort of uh, range of emotions that you go through. <laughs> Their own goals. I'd rather not. Yeah. There are, Let's not go through them one by one. Uh, yeah, there was. And listen, I, I, I still, no matter how many All-Ireland finals you go to, hurling or football, I still find the parade around and that noise level as it rises as they head up towards the hill as uh, something that sticks with you and once it brings you back year on year, regardless of who's in the game. Um, and it was. It, it, like, Kerry, similar in a way to the hurling final, only for the brilliance of Shane Walsh, like Kerry would have won this far more comfortably than they did. But even still, it felt in that final quarter that they always had them at arm's length and always had that little bit of quality, a bit more depth of quality than, than Kerry had. You feel for um, for Tom O'Sullivan, like, he just, the most unlucky man ever when it com- comes to the All-Star. Look, he picked up his All-Ireland medal, but uh, probably only didn't get the All-Star because of the fact that he was marking Shane Walsh. And Shane Walsh just shot the lights out. No one could have marked Shane Walsh. That but it was day. a ridiculous decision. Yeah. I think Tom O'Sullivan is on the shortlist for Footballer of the Year. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Shane Walsh has one of the great All-Ireland final appear- appearances, performances. And because of that, Tom O'Sullivan misses out. As you said, there was nothing anyone could have done the mood that Walsh was in. And it's funny, like I, I was I was looking back at Shane Walsh over recent years. I, like I remember having a, a launch for our GA coverage in News Talk back in about twenty fourteen and we'd Shane Walsh up and he'd had that little flick that was on the Sunday game and everyone was talking about him as being the next big thing and it never quite happened for him. He was always on that level of being very, very good without quite getting to greatness and I listened to the football pod a lot in that first year with Andy and Paddy and they would have really, you know, taken his game apart and criticised him and looked at where he needed to improve and felt that that sort of performance was in him, but he just wasn't delivering it on a regular basis. So for him to turn up uh, in what are probably, unfortunately, the latter stage of his career and produce that, uh, you know, is is brilliant for Galway supporters. It's just such a shame that in 10 years' time, do we we fully remember it? I do think, though, that um, for this to go into a time casual properly, like Galway needed to win. There needed to be an upset. There needed to be something. There needed to be some moment of drama. Clifford did what we expected Clifford to do and he's kind of ascending to that level of superstardom that Nathan's talking about but um, are we going to remember this as like a special All-Ireland for Kerry because it's their first after a period of time or like when they win three of the next four are we like yeah you know they they did what they were supposed to do and it was relatively routine because it was it was actually Galway were slightly better than we expected them to be but ultimately did anybody really think Galway were going to win that game at any stage? No, I don't think so. I, I think the fact that Damien Comer uh, was such a peripheral figure in the game and 
couldn't get him into it. And, you know, I was sat behind Porrick Joyce and you're waiting for him to make the change and waiting for him to do something different with Comer and find a way of forcing him into the game. And they left it way too late and it never really happened. So maybe in 10 years time, again, this is one of those All-Ireland. It's just another one of Kerry's. What year was that? What year was that? Mm-hmm. Did, did yeah, he go away? Yeah, Which of Clifford's eight All-Irelands? Quite possibly, but and I think does it feel like, is the first for Clifford. Does it feel like there's a start of something for Galway? I'm not sure. I think that might have been their chance. I, 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 you know, no, I, 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 I think so as well. Like perhaps, perhaps they, you know, go and get themselves to another All Ireland final. But their two strongest players in Comer and Walsh, uh, you know, are in their late twenties, early thirties. So it's not going. To, it's not as if it's an emerging force. It's not a, you know, Mayo of twenty. 12 where you feel this team is going to be around for a long time and like Connacht is probably <laughs> is up there with the toughest provinces right now um, like we have Mayo Roscommon Galway all in the same side of the draw what what up there with the toughest pro- provinces the tough yeah, up province. there with Ulster there's only, there's second only the second toughest I mean okay Ulster. but like second toughest but maybe there's a be- maybe there's probably more depth of quality in the three teams in Connacht than there even is in Ulster yeah but no there isn't there isn't like, who have you got? Who have you got up there, Shane? Derry, Armagh, Donegal, Tyrone, Monaghan. I mean, yeah. that's decent. Anyway, Monaghan. you got sidetracked, are nowhere near sidetracked that as usual by nonsensical rankings. Yeah, Monaghan, nowhere near. Division 1 team for uh, for nine years, ten years. Uh, we'll, well move done. on. Well we'll move on. We all remember all your great Division 1 performances. Of course, yeah. Rather getting the dubs. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, so that's our first That's our first selection into the uh, time capsule. I think it's worthy because, as you no. said, it's, it's David Clifford's I'm first. You're not going to... Okay, Clifford, Clifford. Clifford. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, that, that, that allows so it. That squeaks it in, just about. Speaking of uh, just squeaking it into the time capsule, Jer, Limerick winning... Another All Ireland, hardly yeah. Brian Cody's last ever matches. The that, manager of, is that what uh, right? Throw yeah, it in, throw yeah, it in. Go on. Yeah, why? Yeah, Tell us why. Well, because Brian Cody's the greatest manager in any sport in Irish sports history. Although I don't think he ever did. He only win one Phillips Sports Manager of the Year, and I know that was a little bit of a bugbear along the way. Um, and so that was the end, and it ended in this like dramatic fashion with Gerard Hegarty putting in one of the greatest individual performances I've ever had the pleasure. of and privilege of witnessing. It was Zidane-esque. Mm. It was like a masterpiece from the very start to the very end. His amazing goal is the second score that Limerick have on the day. I don't know if you remember this, but like one of the best shot stoppers in history is in the Kilkenny goal, and it's flashed right across him from a, a part, actually, you're not supposed to shoot from, which we'd seen in the football the week before, um, when Dublin scored their goal against Kerry, similar finish from Coslo. But a just phenomenal performance from Hegarty. And at the same time, so this is Limerick's great, this is the masterpiece that confirms Limerick as one of the all-time great hurling teams as well. But Cody still manages to align everything he has to get them back into the game against the best team playing their best hurling. And I think that's a phenomenal achievement because I don't think anybody really thought Kilkenny were close to Limerick in standard, in quality, in depth. But he brings on Walter Walsh at the start of the second half. Walter makes some big catches. He's involved in the first goal that Kilkenny scored to get them on Limerick's coattails. Richie Hogan comes off the bench, not having played a minute all year, basically. Scores a great point. You're like, what's going to happen? And then Limerick just are like a machine. Um, if you got, if you got uh, book vouchers for Christmas, go and get your hands on Arthur James O'Dea's Limerick hurling book. Um yeah, I think Cody's, the fact that it was Cody's last game certainly gives it merit in terms of putting it into the time capsule. And it's it, an all-time classic game, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, but I mean... Garo- Why is there any equivocation in your in your voice? No, there's not. But Garoge Hegarty's performance, as you say, is on a par there with 
Shane Walsh is in the football. No, it's better. It's better. It's better. Winning performance. He wins. Well, he wins. Oh, fair. It, it, there was there's similarities, I think, maybe to Clifford and to Garrod Hegarty in that Garrod Hegarty is coming in after a very quiet semi-final. Yet again, there's no doubt. Every preview is Garrod Hegarty is a quiet semi-final. He's going to turn up in the final. <laughs> and what is he? Four minutes into the game when he smashes that goal in. Yeah, I think Garrod Hegarty's performance is. I, I still felt during the game it was somewhat similar to Kerry Galway in that I never truly believed that Kilkenny were going to be able to beat them. Mm. I, I can understand that because they're so good. The one thing you would say is that um, they were getting... When, when Richie Hogan gets that point, you're like, oh, maybe something special is going to happen here. But Limerick just managed the game so efficiently, efficiently from that point forward. The other thing about Hegarty is uh, it's his point that comes after the Kilkenny goal. He just rambles into midfield and is, is picked out by Quaid in absolute oceans of space. And at the very end of the game, he's the one making a run back to stop a fast sideline ball being taken that might trouble the goals. And you're just like, the game intelligence is off the charts, the physicality is off the charts, the skill set's off the charts, and the efficiency was ruthless. So that, that was just an, an all-time great performance. But the end of Brian Cody, that happened this year. Mm. Like, that's actually the biggest story in GA. that career. Well, I think, Jerry, you, you raised an interesting point there. Uh, as somebody who was a judge for the Phillips Sports Manager of the Year for a Ooh. long I was a lone boy. Who dined out on this? Who dined out on this? December after December is big belly, full of red wine. Oh, thanks, lads. Yeah, I'll have an extra dessert. Yeah, I've given my time freely to judge this. <laughs> Brian Cody won Manager of the Year once back yeah. in two thousand and three. Yeah, before I'd imagine Gilroy was even a judge. Yeah, so not once, not once did you in that judging panel stand up and go, "This is the greatest GA manager of all well, time." I did. Yeah, maybe sure, we should give him could, another one. You could maybe. Stand out. Maybe, maybe a lone voice of reason in the maybe wilderness. Two thousand and nine. Nathan, where, where? So I wasn't, I wasn't back. I don't think I was back in '09. So Declan Kidney wins the Grand Slam. You're taking him off, are you? Why not? Why not? <laughs> maybe give it to an old seven when Paul Doolan wins the League of Ireland with Drogheda. Um, I wasn't definitely in the room when that happened. Trap. Who else is there? Trap. Joe Schmidt, 2014 again. Mm. Ah, come on. 2014 wasn't the Grand Slam. That's, yeah, I mean... You were definitely a judge that year. Come on, he's speechless. Oh, it's the first time ever. He's speechless. No, no, no. Indefensible. I'm not. Indefensible. Do you know why it was? you know why it was? Because then at the awards ceremony and the four seasons and the ice bar afterwards, you know, uh, Cody probably probably leave early, wouldn't give Jerry the time of day, but Schmidt would hang around for a quiet drink afterwards, might get a quiet word of him that you wouldn't get with Cody. This is what was going on. Pretty sure that's erroneous... Maybe Listen, I think in your brain that's what you're like currying favor is, with potential interviewees in the future. I had no idea that, that was something you do. This is outrageous. I don't. This is. I, I make, yeah, it, it, do I you apologize, to of, Brian Cody? I make a point of not speaking to these people ever because then you then your vote is is um, is corrupted, Nathan. You know, is there a Phillips Sports Manager of the Year this year? There isn't. I feel like Nathan, you're getting your revenge here for. Sorry, a, for that's a, the biggest shock for this. This is a year's worth of taking abuse from Jer and the crappy quiz. This is all coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, it seems it seems like uh, you've got an agenda. No, no, here. I'm just saying you have your agenda is pretty sat, clear. You have dined. You have enjoyed. Were you the at, benefits of being you, a judge? Were you? you were you 20, at those twenty years? Nathan was at those dinners. How does he know? Well, that, I was, uh, but I wasn't responsible. I was the one tutting in the corners. Yeah, who are you taking off the list there? Take take the people off the list. I'm taking Josh Smith off in 2014. All right, grand. Well, Fair enough, too- get your Grand Slam 2018. I'll let you have that. It's too late now. <laughs> Liam Sheedy gets it in 2010 for beating them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's an all-time classic. 
But Cody got his. He said he got his. He's yeah. got he's got one. I think two thousand and three. And do you think this is the thing that Cody's going to be remembered most for, or is this? Well, I'd say I'd say when he sees who he remembers it. Chief scoring. Give me give me the short list. Who's that? Who, who judged that? Yeah, he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't say it. Terrible. How many judges are there? There's a, there's more than just a few, is there? Uh, How many meetings? I, are I, there? Me on my own, actually. Yeah, nice, it was right. me. I I was the anointed one yeah, who did it. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, understandable. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree that Cody's final game and Limerick winning another All Ireland takes its rightful place in the OTBAM time capsule. So that's uh, that's our second pick. Next, we are going to to up for Meath because Meath made history this year. Come in, Ashling O'Reilly. How are you? Hello, Shane. How's it going? Keeping well. Keeping well. So uh, for our time capsule picks for 2022. And it's very fair that you've opted for this as a Meath woman, and you kind of had to. Uh, but Meath winning the double and making history, winning the All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship. That's it, Shane. I think the the sign of a very good team to win in All-Ireland, but a sign of a great team to be able to go and back it up. So absolutely, it's, it's well worth its merit to be in the time capsule this year. We did it last year when they won in 2021, and we're going to back in this year because they've done the double and... It's just been unbelievable, you know, in me to, to see the, the difference in football, the effect it's had, I suppose, um, seeing the girls go on and do the double. It's just been unbelievable. And they're a really, really special team. And I think they excited a lot of, a lot of fans across Ireland, not just within the women's game, but in the men's game too. And I think that's probably been the big difference. You know, I go anywhere now reporting on games and they say, what county are you from? And I'll say Mead and they'll say, geez, they, they have some team there. And you know, straight away, they're, they're talking about the women's team and they're talking about the brand of football they play. So it's it's been unbelievable for the game, I think, as a whole, just to see it grow. And yeah, it's been been very exciting in Mead and they're well worth going into the time capsule this year. It, it's amazing the difference 12 months makes because like when, when they beat the Dubs last year, you're thinking, this is a shock. This is a bit of a surprise. No one really expected this Mead coming up from from intermediate and then winning the, the senior All Ireland, but then the twelve year twelve twelve months later, beating Kerry by by nine points in the All Ireland final is not a surprise to anyone. So they've gone from this is a shock to this is absolutely no surprise. Their dominance is is probably of no surprise to anyone within the county, but uh, it's 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 very special all the same. Oh, absolutely. Um, they're definitely not a flash on a pan. And that's something that the girls, you know, constantly said last year, anytime I met them after any of the games, you know, in the run up to making that final, you know, they said they want to be able to back it up. They want to be seen as a, as a great team. And as you said, Shane, there's a lot of work that's gone on behind the scenes um, in the county boards, the coaching at club level, at underage level, you know, it has contributed to this. And they definitely didn't come out of nowhere. Um, they have been on a journey for four or five years. And I definitely think other counties now will be looking at them and taking lessons from them. Um, in 2017, you know, the, the management team came in of Eamon Murray, Paul Garrigan, and that's when it, it began. And at that point, they were in Division 3 and they were playing in intermediate football. And to see them go on and, and win the intermediate championship in, in 20. 20, then go on and win the senior 21 and the, the double then in 22. And all while doing that, they, they've gone from division three to division two to division one in the league. So it's, it's been unbelievable. I just think even in sport as a whole, it's, it's just such a good story. And it's one that I think in Ireland, we definitely needed it to, to see women on such a journey like this. And I think it, it's really just pushed a lot of women in sport because it shows you that the underdog can do it. It is possible because 
there's a lot of uh, counties out there that would have thought that there's no way we can go on and win a senior, you know, All-Ireland when we're playing in junior intermediate. But now they've seen me do it and a lot of them talk that way. Look, Mead can do it. We, why can't we? So there, there's definitely a lot of belief there. And it, it was just such a good story in that sense, just for, for sport as a whole and for women in sport in Ireland. And yeah, it, it's been some journey and we just hope that it can continue. I know there's controversy over all-star team picks at the best of times, but I mean, this is your chance to vent. Like, Vicky Wall was was unbelievable in that final against Kerry. I think it was three points she kicked. And then you look at the likes of Neve O'Sullivan and Orla Lally as well, not making the, the all-star team. I know it's only an individual award and maybe they don't care too much, but it still seemed a bit of a a bit of a miss that they, that they left Vicky especially out of that team. Big time, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I, you know, I was keeping an eye on it all evening, and I just could not believe that that Vicky Wall and Nevo Sullivan as well. Like she, she got player of the game. I, I in the All Ireland final. I think this was me, Erin Neve's best year. Like she was sensational this year. Um, oldest player on the team and she just drove them on like in that final she was down in the back line and she was she intercepted a pass and by the time the ball had came back up the pitch she'd sprinted up the line got on the end of the ball and put it over the bar and I just said unbelievable like to have you know that fitness coming towards the end of an All-Ireland final <clears throat> but no I just think that the Vicky that she didn't pick up an All-Star was outrageous Shane like she is the, the main player of the women's game, let's be real. You know, when you talk about women's football, you talk about Vicky Wall. And she's been the face of it for, for the last two years now, especially. And for her not to pick up an All-Star was, was very strange. Um, yeah, she, she's really just, you know, put the, the game into a light that it has never been in before. And yeah, I think she will definitely have been shocked. I think there was a lot of people around me shocked and you could see the outpouring on Twitter and the likes, you know, from across the country. And it's not to take from any of the girls that picked up All-Stars because they're all deserving of them. But I just absolutely think that, that Vicky really deserved one there and and Eve as well. So yeah, it definitely asked a, a few questions on, I suppose, how how they're picked because yeah a few people were saying it's picked by the media and that's that's not the case so yeah um definitely a lot of questions to be asked but it, it was very very strange I would say yeah agreed a bit of a blow that um Vicky of course is overplaying in Australia at the minute and, and lighting things up over there uh, by all accounts and um, Eamon Murray stepping down in August from his position Davy Nelson of course will be the man who's trying to trying to make this a three in a row team and that's that's a nice round number I mean me will only want to push on from here I guess Ashley. They, they'd love to push on now and they do have a lot of girls that have been on this panel for so long now that haven't really even got a run chain. Like there's so many girls in there that are there as part of the squad and they've known their job over the last number of years is to be a part of the squad and to, to push girls on in training and to push, you know, themselves on to be better players. But they have not got a run, you know, in many games. You know, Eamon has stuck to his team and he has his two, three, four girls that come off the bench. So there's a lot of girls there that are going to be hoping that this is their chance. And that's what it's all about, to be able to to give the next group of girls a chance to get in there. And they have massive talent. So, you know, hopefully we can push on. But of course, it was a massive blow to see the likes of Vicky Wall and Orla Lally. They've gone over to the AFLW. But they haven't ruled out coming back to, to play for Mead in 2023. They, they're not sure of how it's going to work out, you know, with scheduling. But they're they're still hopeful that they can do it. Um, Emma Troy as well. She's 
gone traveling. Um, Aiden Leahy, she was out as well with an injury. She got injured in the final and she's gone traveling as well. So yeah, there's a number of girls that aren't going to be there next year. Then you have the change in the management team. And I think Eamon Murray and, and, and Paul Gargan in particular, like he is the mastermind behind this team. Like him as a coach, he's been sensational of what he's done. And he's going in with the, the Mead men's team now as part of the coaching team there with Colm O'Rourke. So it'll be very interesting to see what he can do in there. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fresh start for, for me, ladies. And the the talent within Mead, you've seen the knock-on effect. It's It's been unbelievable, like just around the clubs. And everybody is, you know, going to get on that Mead team now. And yeah, I, I just... I'm hopeful. It might take another year or so to really have that transition period and get the girls in and up to up to speed of senior football. But um, yeah, I'd never never rule them out because they they've been an unbelievable team, so entertaining. And when you thought they were down and out in games earlier on this year, they just come back and they they pull pull a win out of nowhere. And when you have people like Emma Duggan on the team who can do just that, like she did against Galway in the All-Ireland quarterfinal, last kick of the game. She looked up at the clock. The buzzer was about to go. She knew she had to kick the ball or that was it. And she kicks it over from out near the sideline to put them through, like, unbelievable. So if you have people like that on the team that are still there, still playing, um, yeah, Mead have a massive chance next year. Yeah, 100%. And it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll watch with keen interest to see if they can push on and get that three in a row. Definitely a worthy uh, inclusion in our OTBAM time capsule for 2022. Great stuff, Ashley, as always. Thanks a million. Thanks a little, Shane. So next on our list, we've done the All-Ireland Football Final with Nathan. We've done the All-Ireland Hurling Final and Cody's last game, I guess, thrown in there as well. With Jer, we've done the Women's World Cup with Kathleen in the qualification for the first time. And now we've done Meads two in a row with uh, with Ashley O'Reilly. Tommy Rooney is with us. Tommy, how are you? Shane, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas uh, in the uh, true festive spirit uh, this week, of course, in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, you're opting for a... For a very specific moment in the All Ireland Senior Football Championship year, yes, Shane. And to be honest, as a Mead man, of course, Mead's two in a row merits inclusion. Of course, that incredible shootout between David Clifford and Shane Walsh merits inclusion. I'm a football snob, but I'll even say thumbs up to the hurling final. Jared mm. Gilroy had a good pick, but Shane Hannan, if you were to put one moment from 2022 into a time capsule, it has to be Sean O'Shea's iconic free to win that game that All-Ireland semi-final against Dublin we'll get to the context in a minute <laughs> we'll get to the moment itself but here's the post-match reaction from Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue chatting to Ashley O'Reilly on the steps of Crow Park with the seagulls swelling around them I was in Thurless 22 years ago and for Morris Fitz's point and one of the most iconic not just for Kerry one of the most iconic GA scores of all time I think Shawnee Shea scored there I was happy enough for him to actually take it I was like he's 55 yards out there's a really stiff breeze we could see that into into Hill 16 he probably has another 15 yards on it it, it is in the circumstances 12 years ago we are here and Stephen Cluxton hit a free into that that goal in a similar situation to win break the duck I suppose and win Dublin's first out Ireland you just feel like that kick we'll be seeing it for years to come it's an incredible way to win the game for Kerry they've probably got away with it in the end haven't been probably the much better team certainly in the first half but you can't understate what a massive win that is mentally for Kerry then coming to the All-Ireland final as favourites in two weeks time well 
Paddy, in fairness, you were saying, leave him at it, leave him at it, leave him, throw a leg at it. And because there had been loads of wides into that goal, into the Hill goal, Dublin in the first half missed four, Kilkenny missed one, Fenton missed one, Coslo, and kind of easy scores. Same with Kerry in the second half, Spillane missed one, Clifford missed one in there. So when Shawnee puts it down that far out, you're thinking, he has to deal with a, a couple of crosswinds and to hit it if you see the the angle from behind the goal he started it miles out and just whipped it in and you can see Comerford's inside in the goal shaking the post <laughs> trying to get it to hit the post desperate but, times yeah. for desperate measures desperate times call for desperate measures and Evan Comerford had a key role to play in that game Shane um, he had saved Sean O'Shea's penalty in the first half and that is part of the context of this he had stayed on the ground for about 10 minutes and probably rattled him as well. Uh, it was one of those moments in that game. But like the context here, Shane, in the 75th minute, the, the clock is in the red. The game is up five minutes of injury time. The dubs have gone for Kerry's throat. They've come back from come back from the dead, really. They're inspired. And next thing, Shawnee O'Shea puts that ball down. David Clifford calls him over, I think, and, and hands it to him after he wins the free. And O'Shea puts it down like He's not 45 yards out. He's 55 yards out, Shane. Mm. Maybe Rory Began does it. <laughs> we know that Niall Morgan had done it before. But in that moment, when your team have wilted and you're supposed to be this new generation of All-Ireland winners and you haven't done it yet, you've fallen short in 19, you've been caught by Cork in 20, you've fallen short against Tyrone in 21, this Kerry team hadn't done it. And this was the moment that allowed them to fulfil their prophecy, their legacy, and Sean O'Shea delivered. And that is why this is the most important moment in this time capsule. You got you got the chance, the very uh, good chance of seeing seeing Shawnee's free taking up close and his routine mm. and talking him through it. Like, I, I remember hearing him uh, talking as well about the process and how he tries to imagine yes. himself maybe not in Croke Park in front of, what, 70, 80,000 odd people. Like, it's, it, how a footballer is able to do that in an amateur sport is beyond me. Yeah, that was class. I love that quote. Um, I think it was, you know, you spend your whole life down in Khmer practicing with no one watching imagining that you're in Crow Park and next thing you're in Crow Park with everyone watching you and all you got to do is imagine you're back in Khmer taking those shots on your own and that's that's what he did he stuck to the process he put that ball down there was a the mad win in Crow Park today were you in Croker that day? For the semi-final no I was there for the final just missed the semi-final you were there for the final and so I was in Croker that day and I was I was you know in the Hogan stand and the noise was just it was one of the greatest sporting occasions I've ever been at because the dubs they really felt like this was you know maybe their last chance I think the fans really got behind them they knew the supporters needed that extra or the players needed that extra bit from the fans there was just crazy noise and just when O'Shea put it down you're looking at it and you're like I have it on here in loop in front of me it's too far Shane it's too far (laughs) out after 76 minutes and like O'Shea had put himself through it in that game like he really got stuck in and there's a brilliant footage from behind the goal, from a fan footage, and I love fan footage of GA games, but there's an incredible shot from over O'Shea's shoulder from the far stand, and it shows him arcing the ball, probably 10 yards wide, to allow it to get the proper curl to come back in. And I think that was the clip where I first realised what Evan Comerford was doing, shaking the posts. Like, everything is against him. He's kicking it into the hill in Dublin's patch. And if that game goes to extra time, the dubs are beaten. <laughs> and Kerry are beating Dockett. And you don't know whether Carrier, well, they probably would eventually win not Ireland, but like it becomes a stain in that team that they've they've fallen short again and again. So, just such an iconic moment. And yeah, we we had that shooting masterclass with Shane Walsh and Sean O'Shea in Vincent's, and it was savage seeing it up front. 
and Catherine Murphy had set out the cones that day and I feel like she created the toughest shooting challenge we've ever seen there was a strong wind against the lad and I think it ended up being maybe 3-2 I can't remember who won it but you know these are guys that have practiced these shots over and over and over and I was in the Hogan that day as I said and I put up the video and I went searching through my Twitter earlier on to try and find that video because I wanted to have a look back at it and I searched Sean O'Shea and the amount of freeze from clutch freeze from Sean O'Shea that I tweeted there's one from Navin out in the sideline outside of the right boot off the ground doesn't make sense how he put it over the bar there's a sideline a couple of months before that outside of the boot there's that free earlier on this year for Ken Mayer Shamrocks to save them really against Austin Stacks and keep them in senior football with Donahue in his ear like unbelievable stuff this is just one of these footballers that has delivered time and time again and what is he 23 24 mm-hmm. incredible stuff it's scary it's unbelievable and uh, yeah one of those moments that, that really lit up the championship and you're, you're thinking yeah if that goes to extra time it could have gone either way and, and there's the famous photo that Ray McManus was in with me from Sportsfile recently and yes. on Saturday and he's taught the, even the front image of their of their um, annual book this year is is Shawnee and the lads celebrating running around like like cows been let out of the into the field in spring do you know and just yeah. that r- raw emotion as soon as the, the, the ball went over and you realised that was it just incredible yeah I know I think actually it's probably in it but I think James no it wouldn't be in it but I think James Crombie from Info yeah um talk that also that incredible fo- photo where he he refocuses the camera <laughs> and so you have one shot which is O'Shea's face in absolute you know focus looking at the ball placing on the ground and then he obviously did some setting on the camera don't know exactly what he did but you can see the people behind in the crowd and all the different reactions some people obviously had the phones up trying to capture the moment some people were just with mouths open not believing it some Dublin fans were closing their eyes Kerry fans were sure he was going to score it it was <laughs> Just one of those moments that like uh, defined the year in sport. Yeah, incredible. Tommy, you've called it, you've said it's it's the most worthy. Uh, everyone's going to argue for their own ah, <clears> point. It's, it's one of them anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. one of them, certainly. Tommy, great stuff as always. Thanks a million. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate it. Good stuff, Tommy Rooney, presenter, of course, of the Gaelic Football Pod on OTB. And he has put Sean O'Shea's winning free for Kerry against Dublin in the All-Ireland Senior Football Semi-Final this year into OTB AM's time capsule for the year in sport 2022. OTB... With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.